And we are joined by Mark Tui, advisor to business and political leaders and uh, News Talk 1010 host. It's time for the morning brief where we check in with one of our chief pundits about the big stories of the day. Mark Tui, good morning. Good morning, sir. I did not get the Amber Alert on my phone, but I just came back from the Tim Hortons across the street, and there was a crowd of, you know, two- and three-month-olds hanging out in front, smoking cigarettes, throwing rocks at cars, and I couldn't recognize uh, the person that we're looking for from the description. So, yeah. For I the most help. part, babies all look the same. I must confess. Although I think it's important that they measure or they they mention how tall the baby is, as if we're going to see him I or know. her running down the street. I know they issued the height of the baby. It's like, oh no, that's not the baby because this baby's three inches taller. Okay, <laughs> uh, and you know, let's tap the brakes for a second. We're not making light of the fact that a baby is missing uh, at this hour, just of the process by which we alert people about these things. So uh, you worked at City Hall. You were the chief of staff to a mayor. A new poll finds their support for some new forms of taxation and fees. As I have been observing and you probably heard, I find it really ironic that in, in this poll, everybody favors the tax they don't have to pay. Yeah, because it's kind of a it's it, the the questions are pushed in terms of which ones do you like, and so you have to like some of them, and people like the ones that they don't have to pay, which means that the poll reinforces the fact that people don't want to pay more uh, tax, and city council is going to have to at some point make some tough decisions and the tough decision quite frankly is not to add more taxes because the number one issue facing people who live in toronto and pretty much anywhere in canada is affordability every single candidate for mayor admitted that every councillor recognizes that every politician at every level of every political party agrees we have to do something to make it more affordable to live where we live increasing or introducing any new taxes does not accomplish that the only way we can reduce the cost of living here make things more affordable is to start reducing the cost of government not increasing it and yeah you can say the city has to balance its books it's a corporation yeah it absolutely does but at some point you know this is a great city to live in we're gonna have to do less um, e-scooters are in the news. There's a woman who was run down and knocked out by somebody on an e-scooter. Then there is the uh, Institute for the Blind that is saying, if we're going to get into e-scooters on a grand scale and then start abandoning them on the sidewalk, that's going to be a hazard to the visually impaired. Yeah, I don't want to overreact to the one story of the woman that was uh, hit by an e-scooter because you can find stories of uh, people being knocked over and, and you know, seriously injured by joggers. Uh, but I will point out that, you know, City Council has ignored this issue for a very very long time. They keep punting it. Most recently, within the last couple of months, they've sent it back uh, to city council or city staff for more advice. They don't want to make a decision on whether or not e-scooters should be allowed. And so there is no enforcement. And yet I can walk down any day that I take a walk out you know, in my neighborhood, I am passed by half a dozen to a dozen e-scooters within a half an hour. So they're here. It's almost like city council is procrastinating until it's a fait accompli. 
And what we really need to know, these things are here, whether we like them or not, they're not going to be bannable because people will keep using them. The question is, where should they be allowed to operate? Right now, they can't operate on the sidewalk, and they shouldn't be able to. They can't operate on the road because they're not a motor vehicle, and they can't operate on the bike lanes because they're not a bike. City Council has to man up and pick where these things can go, and then we can enforce something. It is funny because in my neighborhood, we have these bike lanes dedicated on Young Street and uh, just yesterday I was coming back I got off the subway and I got to I was crossing the street and I thought no cycles no scooters okay is there traffic okay is there traffic in the other direction okay are there cycles or scooters in the other direction? I mean <laughs> crossing the street was a total challenge you need a you need to get remember those old uh, hats they had in the at least in the movies that had the little fly propellers on the on the top the little mm -hmm. caps we need those with radar now so that you can kind of track and plot all of the different things that might hurt you okay so what do you make of the head of this russian mercenary army uh dying in a plane crash i mean it's just I, I've had to govern my words carefully this morning. I'm not saying I admire Vladimir Putin, but his absolute sort of classic James Bond villain aspects are astonishing. No, absolutely. This is, you know, I, I lived for a brief time in uh, Syria when I was working with the UN, and I couldn't understand how a, a dictator could stay in power because everybody hates him. Uh, but they do that by being brutal and uh, and destroying and eliminating anybody that might be a threat. Prigozhin uh, was not just, uh, you know, a caterer who started a, a mercenary group. Prigozhin is, is one of the oligarchs in the circle, the orbit around Vladimir. Putin. Uh, some of them got oil companies, some of them got telecommunication companies, some of them were given other sort of assets of the state that are worth uh, a fortune. He was given a piece of the army. And so it's essentially a privatized division of the Russian army. And he's uh, been very outspoken uh, by about the uh, the failings of the Russian army, the generals, and Putin to fund the war in Ukraine that he was, uh, you know, basically hired to prosecute, up to the point, as you pointed out earlier, that he led a, a sort of a mini rebellion that involved shooting down and killing Russian helicopters and their pilots uh, on their march towards Moscow. He's been he was sent to sort of, uh, you know purgatory in Belarus. Most of Wagner's forces are now in Belarus, the ones that aren't sort of working in Syria and Africa. Uh, but this is a power play. You're 100% correct. This is Vladimir Putin sort of clearing the decks of anybody that might threaten him. And the Ontario court, three judges, I would add, have ruled against Jordan Peterson. And what this is really about is whether or not a professional association can discipline its own members. So it's not really about Jordan Peterson. Yeah, no, I like a lot of, but not everything that Jordan Peterson says. He definitely has a bit of a messianic complex and self-image. Uh, but this comes down to whether or not a college that exists to regulate a self-regulating profession has the power to do so. And the whole point of the statute that creates the College of Psychologists says that they do. If he wants to be a certified psychologist uh, under the college, then he has to follow their rules, even if I might think that they're stupid. Thank you, sir. Good to have you. Take care. It's just coming up to 630. That is Mark Tui, of course, on the morning brief.